is the 568th edition of the Chair Shop Podcast. We're back on a Sunday evening, a beautiful, sunny, scorching Sunday summery evening here in the UK and Ireland. I'm one of your hosts, Barry, joined as always by my ever-dependable co-host. First of all, Mr. Joe Towner. Hello, everybody. And also with us is Mr. Paul, 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 Griffin, Griffin, Griffin. I'm here. We have got a Whopper show coming up this week, ladies and gentlemen. Lots to chat about, lots to get into. But I'm not going to ask you how you're doing now, because right now I don't care, because we're not going to do Life Guff just yet. We're going to kick things off here with some wrestling guff, as it is quite the wrestling weekend here. Uh, 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 on the 29th of May. So we're going to chat about Double or Nothing in just a moment, but we would be remiss. We would be remiss if we did not kick off with a a, a fraction of the of the wrestling news. Um, the ironic thing is by the time most of you hear this, it'll be horribly outdated, but you can still listen to it and go, oh, oh they were so wrong. Oh, actually... MJF should have been impact. You know, could you can you believe that? Um, yes. So I suppose we will chat about the impact situation on the off chance you're listening to this, but you are not aware of that situation. Uh, as of this recording, approximately eight p.m. Irish time on the 29th of May, uh, the situation is as follows. Yesterday, MJF missed a meet and greet that he was scheduled to appear at. Uh, he was allegedly unreachable for a period of time when when uh, 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 AEW management tried to get a hold of him. I'm actually going to pull up here. Post Wrestling did have a good, pretty concise timeline of, of everything that was happening. Uh, so I'm going to pull that up here and I will just read verbatim here this is um this is from john pollock says uh on saturday mgf schedule oh god i'm reading it directly and i'm still fucking butchering it here oh my god all right on saturday mjf skipped a scheduled meet and greet at the promotions fan fest in las vegas with the performer reportedly being unreachable later that evening sean rossap of fightful reported that a flight was booked for mjf although it was unknown who booked the flight? Who shot JR, everyone? <laughs> Who booked the flight? Uh, Seth posted a follow-up and said MGF was not on the plane. Uh, so someone booked it as a rib. I don't know. Uh, AG- uh, AEW has not made any public comment regarding MJF with the belief that the match with Wardlow is still scheduled for tonight's show. And Brian Alvarez also just said that there about 20 minutes ago that it is expected that match will still happen. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, and then a brief summary here. MJF has not been shy uh, about airing out his contract issues with the company. He also chatted about that with Ariel Helwani, which is also controversial, the fact that he did that interview. Uh, Wade Keller at the PW Torch has additional insight into the strained relations between the parties. Keller stated that some sources said Khan wasn't upset at all about the interview clearance issue, but addressed it with MJF, while others informed Keller that the conversation over the clearance issues did go well and led to frustrations by MJF over his contract. Keller added that MJF initially signed a starter contract with AEW in line with many others that started with AEW. He adds that MJF was given a raise at some point, which would have been represented, which would have represented a substantial percentage increase, but modest compared to the contracts of more than half a dozen free agent signings AEW has made over the past year. So that's where we're at. So as of this recording, 
we don't really know what the situation is. So, boys, what what do we make of this? This is the best day in wrestling. In <laughs> this is this is real wrestling. Yes, holding up the promoter for more money and refusing to do the big job. Like this is like Batch of the Beach two thousand. Like if you travel back in time twenty two years and see Hogan and Russo shooting at each other. I mean, maybe it's not that dramatic. We don't really know. I think that's the thing. There's been a lot of speculation, but I feel like we don't really know. Like, it could be blown out of proportion. Uh, it could just be a lot of talk, um, but it's definitely ex- heightened my uh, excitement for the pay per view. That's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely, it's a very weird situation. Um, I, I tweeted my my good mate um, MJF earlier today. Oh, I with a link to a, a Sky Sports news story about Kylian Mbappe playing Real Madrid against PSG and getting himself a big. 100 mil plus signing bonus and i was like this is how you do it good brother you butter up both sides you don't fucking try and alienate both of them and try and get the best contract from that and what i mean by that is um surely to to get the bidding the bidding war going get get his price up you want to be really buttering up your current promotion right yeah not giving giving them the uh the i'm out of here eyes but also Correct me if I'm wrong here. From the WWE point of view, maybe it would make no difference, but I would be a little bit turned off by his his. Yeah, and if this is indeed what's happened uh, mm-hmm. over this weekend, the kind of the unprofessionalism of not showing up for your contract and stuff. If you're WWE, you're looking at that going, oh, "What's how is, is this going to be going to be trouble to deal with? Is this guy going to be uh, a pain in the ass to work with?" or you know what? What are we getting for our, for our money, basically? Yeah, I think I think there. But I mean, it's just one of those things where I feel like, well, when you do to the other side, that's fine. Is I'm, I think it's probably <laughs> what their, their rationale is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, um, you, cheated, you cheated on your last boyfriend. Yeah, it's it's kind of like the the you know when I when I talk to Chris Jericho when he's still under contract to WCW, that's scouting. When you talk to any of our lads, that's tampering. Yeah. That's yeah. That's that's you know. Uh, but I, I, I totally get where you're coming from because WWE are in the midst of their own exact, basically exact version of this situation and are handling it quite badly. Um, so, so it is odd that they're going to want that, that. But I mean, whether or not he's at it, double or nothing, I mean, he is contracted through to, uh, 24. Um, so mm. WWE, for all their faults, I don't think they would want that level of legal issue over MJF as great as he is. You know. Yes. Uh, um, CM Punk just tweeted a uh, a gif from uh, Wolf of Wall Street, and it's Leonardo DiCaprio going, "I'm not leaving. I'm not <laughs> fucking leaving." <laughs> like, make of that what you will. Yeah. Um, I did think I was thinking kind of over the last few weeks about the fact that MJF, you know, he was in the CM Punk feud, which was a great feud, but he ended up know doing the job um to punk and then he's going into this wardlow feud again he's going to end up losing and putting over wardlow and i have to say mjf is the most consistently good performer on the show like can you think of anyone else who's as good as mjf i, I struggle to um, name anyone how many balconies has mjf jumped off <laughs> <laughs> under 60 i would say mjf is the yeah. most consistent performer um and i i, I 
feel like he should be more in the title picture than kind of putting yeah. over a lot of people. But I don't know what goes on behind the scenes. Maybe Tony thinks he doesn't want to stick around for the long term, so he doesn't want to put the title on him. Who knows? But um, yeah. I certainly thought, you know, him him being higher up the card would certainly be appropriate as given his his kind of contributions. Yeah, I agree. I would agree. Um, I think at the same time, when it comes to the contact situation, as was said there, he was signed on whatever initial contract and he got a raise. Hmm. He's still, you know, very early into his career. Um, yeah. And again, not to not to liken it to the Mbappe situation, but it feels like he's uh, he's getting it all a bit early. What does that mean for the rest of your career? How how if you get everything at the age of what what is he twenty four twenty five? Where do you go from there, really? Um, so I don't know if he's getting his expectations maybe set wrongly for where he is at a stage of his career. As we said, he's he's a pretty pretty good all round performer, um, mm. but maybe it's a case of getting his counting his chiz his uh, his chickens before they hatch, maybe or or being a little bit impatient. And I don't know how that will work out in the long run. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, there's there's so many factors, and uh, of course, as there always is in these things, there's I'm sure there's elements we'll just never know about. Like what what are the number figures? Do you know what I mean? Uh, um, uh, and things like that. The the rough out, like even before this kind of walkout story, the 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 rough uh, version of the story that seems to have gone around is that he wanted more money. Tony Khan was willing to give more money, but also wanted him to sign an extension, which would be, that's a significant commitment because he's already signed. He's got, he's another two years. Like that's the crazy thing about this. The guy has two years left on his contract, but apparently the, the offer was, here's more money. Here's the money you want, but it comes with an extension. And I think he said in that Helwani interview, he's like, he wants, even if he ends up back at AW, he wants to do free agency in some capacity. He wants to see what it's like mm. and, and and get back out there, which I think is totally reasonable. And if that was the sticking point, I mean... But that's, that a, that's totally reasonable for AW to not give him more money and him not to throw a hissy fit about it. Uh, I mean, I, well, I mean, I, my, I'm, my thing is kind of, if I'm, if I'm Tony Khan, if I'm, if I'm booting up EWR and I'm Tony Khan in this situation, I've installed my MJF walkout mod. <laughs> um, if the terms are, I want more money and I'm not going to sign an extension based on the caliber of performer he is, I would probably even, and I'm not saying I'd be happy about it, but I'd probably do it. I'd probably, I've got, to, I've got, to, to what end are you paying him more money for? To 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 be same contract length to to be because he's because he's MJF and because he, he of the value he brings to the show and because I don't want him to leave. All right, folks. This is th- take note of that. Don't 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 let Barry start his own promotion. This is that's a money mark. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is the second and possibly there's probably more if I was to dive into the cards. This is the second straight pay per view where the MJF match feels like the match on the cards. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, like compare just looking at the this week's dynamite. Compare the cage match segment with the Hangman Punk segment. It's not even it's not even really close. And I think the Punk match has been well built mostly for the most part. But the only MJF. reason I would see to give him more money now would be for buttering him up to be more likely for him to resign when his contract runs out. Sure. But if his if his thing is he's going to be going into free agency regardless, and then is going to sign with the highest bidder at that point. I don't see the logic in, in you have him under contract till that day anyway. I don't see the logic to give him just spending more, more money. money. Maybe he keeps him money. happier yeah. for eighteen months, but then even then, 
Does it make a lot of difference? He performs well anyway, so yeah, with the money he's getting, I don't know. But I think, and I think that's, but I think that's to his credit as well. He doesn't go out and dog it because he's unhappy, does he? You know, no, he's a professional. Yeah, and, but this is the, uh, maybe I'm th- I'm coming from from a sports perspective. Like with football contracts, you never see someone signed a, a big fat contract for more money, but it's the same duration. It's always an extension. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, and I, I think there is a case where you know, player, yeah, players will sign a new contract and it will be proactive from the club because the club recognises, okay, we've got a really good player. Like a, it's like a Harry Kane or a, a son at um, uh, Spurs. You know, yeah. they got bigger contracts because the club was like, shit, they're, you know, we don't want them looking elsewhere. Their eyes start to wander. Let's give them a big raise. They probably did get longer contracts, but, you know, who knows? But I think there is an element of, well, let's sign someone to a fat contract because we know that it's worth keeping them happy. Uh, but yeah, more, almost always it's going to be, well, okay, we want another year or we want an option on another year or something like that. Yeah. Um, but, but sports, I mean, sports are just such a different beast though, because well, first of all, because it was like, you know, there's been a lot of sports comparisons today, obviously, as there always is in these situations, but also like a lot of sports are unionized, which is completely different. A lot of the paydays in general are just fatter. And in a lot, in a lot of cases, you know, um, if you're fucking, you know, God, here's me waiting into sports, getting ready for some real bad shit here. But at the end of the day, if you're, if you're fucking uh, Roy Keane, um, Giggsy, um, if you're one of these lads, you know. Well, actually, Roy Keane was in a similar situation when he threatened to go to, he was going to leave, running down his contract at United. And he was like, I can go to Italy, I can go to Spain, I can mm. get twice as much money. And eventually United did pony up and give him a lot more money. But so. when, and when you're, but when you're a, when you're a, a football player, like a, you know, like to pick an example not from 20 years ago if you're a Ronaldo or a Salah huh? very good see I, I did watch the Champions League final so it's fresh in, in, in my mind at the end of the day you have like a cold hard stats to standing to your uh, benefit as well where you're like well I am this level of player and that's not a subjective pro wrestling I think you contribute loads to the show argument it's a factual argument um, uh, and also, and again, the, the the real difference maker is that those the the level of money being discussed in those other sports is also absolutely outrageous compared to wrestling. Mm. Um, and it's just you know, it seems like the the ex WWE guy seems to be coming up a lot in conversation. And I just wonder, at the end of the day, if I'm MGF, I'm probably raging if uh, reliable, solid mid card vet, veteran hand <laughs> Jeff Hardy is making more money than me. That's that's outrageous. Christian. Christian, you know, um, who I all think were great signings and good and good things to have on the show, but they're not MJF, you know, um, and 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 then you do kind of for as much as AEW is positively compared to better than these places, but then you are kind of you're in a little bit of a TNA situation or even a modern WWE situation with all the frustration yeah. on Brock and Goldberg. Uh, Goldberg, maybe he'll show up tonight, lads. You know, we need a contingency plan. Um, that's, that's, that's been the other highlight of this, of this, uh, 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 weekend, uh, was that, uh, little nugget from Observer Radio. Dave was like, well, they, they're, they're, who, who else is out there? They'll have to get Goldberg or someone like that. <laughs> like, I like that you suggest that. Like, first of all, it's a good idea. And second of all, that it's remotely possible that Goldberg's going to come in on a day's notice <laughs> and, jo- and job to Wardlow. <laughs> to be squashed as well. Not even to just come in on a day's notice. Oh my God. Did you see earlier in the week, Dave was tweeting about his, 
his brother, who's a juggler. He's a juggler, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, my brother's a juggler, and he says the juggling of today is, doesn't even compare to 10 or 20 years ago. It's so much oh. better. I'm just imagining, like, Dave's, like, a twin brother who has a newsletter <laughs> about juggling. <laughs> There's, like, 10,000-word text file about juggling, and he gives, oh. like, five stars <laughs> Yeah. I mean the yeah, standard you know. the standard in the best of the super jugglers this year is just it's outrageous you know it's so good and that's his, the mentality his, yeah. his, his, his juggler of the year obituary was tremendous <laughs> oh dear so yeah lots of lots of humorous uh, uh, wrestling reporting going on um, during this whole saga but yeah and his, yeah the other the other idea was strapping up Wardlow with the world title um, which is an interesting one. I, I I could see Wardlow in the TNT title. I think we said that last week. Yeah. I'd be happy if they did. If he came out and squashed those other two jabronis that <laughs> squabbling over the belt, I'd be happy with that. But I don't know about. I don't think Tony Khan in a million years would put the world title on Wardlow on a whim. Just not no. his style at all. He knows. No. He's probably got the next five champions already planned out till 2030 or something that's, i think that's i think cool. we'll i think we'll talk about it when we get to the tv review and the, and the pay-per-view preview is that like the 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 tony khan slow burn to a fault booking and and also never never ad lib never change plans on the fly brother no just stick to the plan i, I i'm starting to have some faults with it but we'll get to that later yeah i i would never in a million years see him burning like the, the world title that's that's so not the way they do things. TNT, you know, maybe, but I kind of, I kind of feel like if MGS not there, I kind of feel like they shouldn't even have a Wardlow match. I feel like it would be pointless. What can you do? Because it's, it's such a. It's such a specific storyline. If MJF's not there, I feel like just cut the Wardlow match. As shitty as that sounds, like, but like, it's it, what can you do? You're gonna go have him go out there and wrestle, fucking. Daniel Garcia, do you know what I mean? It's just like there's 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 no there's no substitute. Um, uh, yeah. Um, well, I'm looking forward to it. I might. Yes, I wasn't gonna stay up. I was gonna watch it tomorrow morning, but now I'm thinking I don't know, it could be historic. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll be watching it in the morning. I I I I know I won't have it in me to stay up, but I will be staying up as late as I can to see any breaking news before the show actually yeah. starts. Um, there's a press conference before the show, which there was going to be anyway, like it's their standard fare. We'll see who says what. I imagine they're probably going to do a statement at the top saying, we know this is going to be asked. Here's mm. the situation. And we're not asking, we're not answering any other questions. Mm. Oh, anyway. Um, uh, will we jump on to the TV from this week and then the pay-per-view? Or we could do, or we could do the pay per view and talk about this week's TV over the course of the pay per view uh, preview. Ooh. Let's let's do the TV. Let's I do the TV. It was, it was some good. Some good All right. Stuff. Well, speaking of MJF, he was the guest referee for the uh, the cage match between between the War Dog and and Sean Spears in the cage match. And I mean, this was about as textbook great as you could get. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Elf unprotected chair shot ski to the head though. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, maybe maybe I that's why MJF's you... acting <laughs> unusual. It's like the cactus jack lost in fucking wherever. It's, it's, <laughs> he's lost at the airport. <laughs> that's why he missed his flight. 
Um, yeah, I, I'm a fan of the of getting the hands up, brother. But I'm. Um, it's fake. <laughs> it's a work. I'm being worked. It's a work. Um, Sean Spears continues to be uh, a very, a very uncool wrestler in my mind. Where's little? He put does a little, his little hand. Mm, I'm picking, picking up my little chair here. Oh, mm. oh and uh, is oh sorry, his little mask he came out in. It was like uh, something you do in primary school out of paper mache. <laughs> <laughs> what great you mean, yeah. No, his little little, little um, Canadian Cody Rhodes skull gimmick. That's terrible, terrible. Can I just, can I just, Sean Spears is great. In his in his role, he is fantastic. Um, okay. Let's see. What what, <laughs> what what more could you would you really want from someone in Sean Spears' role? Like, so, I don't know, charisma. He's got yeah. he's got good wrestling. But, he, but he's, <laughs> he, he's not no good. Oh, I feel like we've had this exact argument a million times already. So I'm actually just going to leave it. He's he's a perfectly serviceable wrestler. It's not his job to go out there and be Danhausen and be charismatic, hilarious show stealer man. He's a he's a heel body I guy. I feel like he he thinks that he is though. Oh, but I I do not want to psychoanalyze what Sean Spears might think he is. <laughs> God damn! <laughs> no, he's fine. He's fine. He's whatever. He's whatever. Oh lord! You know what it is. You know what it is with him. Maybe I just miss his big wacky collars he used to wear when he was in NXT, like Harry Hill. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the big collar up to his past his ears. Like, oh, yeah, that was good. The, the, was the cage match was, was was a great segment. It was great, yeah, and then of course security came in and. There was about, I would say, what, 35 to 40 security guards. It felt like a perfect keep them coming. Even yeah. more, even more. Love it was it. like a, a level of Hitman where you've killed 50 people and laid them, put, put them all in the same room. Just bodies strewn everywhere in the ring. Yeah. Great Street visual. Gen. Great visual. MJF um, is the ref. Great. He had the Shawn Michaels banana smuggling shorts. <laughs> yeah, and he yeah. had the. Uh, it was a great callback. He had the Burberry referee shirt, which was great as well. Yeah, I, I think great it was. Stuff. I think it was another another perfect second. Yeah, one. Well, this has been a, a spectacular build. To be fair, all right. Uh, Feels like the main event. Hmm. You're wrestling Wardlow. It is the main event. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had Punk and Hangman face to face. That was a bit wishy washy relative to some of the other stuff they've done, but but a, a pretty solid face off, I thought. Yeah, I still, on a foundational <coughs> level, don't really get why Hangman is so upset with him. That's uh, it's, it's it seems to be they're leaning into the like AW original versus outsider. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I don't think they ever got that point across from the beginning of the feud. I think that's something that's only now really come through in the go home segment. I feel like if we had that throughout, it might have made the feud make a bit more sense. Also, when Hangman is doing his angry Hangman promos, uh, you can you kind of see the cogs turning in his head. Yeah, of, you know, I, I'm performing here. It, it doesn't come off totally organic. Yeah. 
Um, I think I think you're right in the sense that they're kind kind of doing the hey we hate you CM Punk because you're you're not an outsider you'll never be one of us, but like not really just saying it kind of just tipping around it in a weird way. I feel like Eddie Kingston was like more direct about. I was going to say Eddie Kingston yeah. kind of did that already. Yeah. yeah um, whereas it was yeah Hangman is not quite hitting those marks. Um, yeah. Uh, we'll see. I'm I'm curious because I thought I, I mentioned earlier in the MGF conversation the Tony Khan booking philosophy, and obviously we're three years into you know his stuff being televised, and you kind of have to look at it and say he's definitely the slow and steady and pick the safe pick and uh, not a safe hand and not always striking while the iron's hot. I months ago before they made this match, I was thinking Hangman should beat Punk. You need to submit your own guys. You need to build up your... And then during the build for this, I'm like, Punk's the hottest thing in the company by a wide margin. He's way hotter than Hangman. They gotta beat... They gotta strike while the iron's hot. And now as we get to it, I'm kind of like, it just doesn't feel like they're going to do that. I feel like, especially Khan booking the way he books, it just doesn't feel like he's gonna say, well, Punk's the hottest character, so let's put it on him. I kind of feel like I feel like he's going to stay the course with Hangman, even though I feel like that is a little bit of a wasted opportunity. But where do you go with Hangman from here? I don't know. I feel mm. like Hangman's done everything at this stage, and none of it that good, and mostly with Adam Cole. Problem is, where do you go with Punk as well? Like it, it's just a, a real lack of challenges. Um, we do the, a WrestleMania thirteen double turn, brother. <laughs> Well, I, I kind of felt the same thing with Omega for a lot of the time. I mean, he didn't really have any decent feuds post Mox, John Moxley. Mm. Um, Jericho and Moxley was good, that kind of chase. Moxley as well didn't, what the kind of notable feuds that he had. Um, I think it's been the same with Paige. It's just a lack of kind of big ch- challenges, and especially like heel challenges, mm. uh, which is where someone like an MJF, you know, potentially comes in and could be at that level. Um, but we just haven't seen it. So I think either of, you know, I think Hangman, (laughs) (laughs) I think Hangman could, could, could be a good, could continue as champion and do a good job if he had the right challenges. I think Punk could do a great job if he had the right challenges. But to me, it's, you know, it takes two to tango. It's, it's about more than just the champion in many ways. Yeah, it does make me kind of pine for the, the days of Jericho and Cody. Yeah, where where the the world title feud was was the 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 best written and most important mm. segment on the show. Now it feels like, and I guess it's a fault, but now it feels like the show from start to finish is a bit more homogenized, and there's not mm. a clear level, at least in terms of the the feeling of importance of the segments from mid tier to lower card to main mm. event. It's all it's all kind of feels very samey. Rather than having peaks and valleys. Yeah. Um you see here, pull up this report. Uh, we had Private Party versus uh Blackpool Combat Club. That was just kind of your standard uh, uh, affair. Yeah. Big brawl with the Jericho Appreciation Society after the fact. I wanted Danielson to get his head stuck in the fucking ramp in the ring uh, <laughs> afterwards just to continue that bit, but uh, afraid not. Um, uh, we had the ROH Tag Team Championship, FTR versus Rapongi Vice. This is another another really fun, just technically great FTR match. Yeah. Um, can't wrong good. them. Can't wrong the lads. Fair play to them. 
Uh, and the purple patch. Uh, curious, this was the place AEW decided to do like their third ever DQ. Um, after like 15 minutes of a match or something, which is just yeah. not 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 preferable. Um, but uh, Jeff Cobb and some guy JR had no clue about came down to the ring. Um, and I think he only knew Jeff Cobb because he'd been in AEW before. Thank Christ JR called one of his matches previously. Yeah. So he was able to identify one of these people. But uh, Jeff Cobb and the Great O'Conn uh, um, uh, came down and sort of laid out everyone. It was not their best. Um, it was oh, not it was their comical. best efforts. Uh, they 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 have their little double team uh, uh, Samoan drop that they did not time correctly and uh, I don't know I, I guess Trent hasn't been watching his New Japan tapes since he left because uh, him and Okan got on the apron and then he just immediately chokeslammed himself off the fucking off the apron through the table it was very wonky looking it was so good um, <laughs> the gif I because I, I didn't quite catch it the first time but then when I saw the gif afterwards I was like that's great. That is fantastic. Um, got the point across, though. You know, forbidden door around the corner. So I guess that's uh, that's your match, Okan, and or maybe maybe it'll be a three way. I hope not. That's way less interesting. <laughs> I th- I'm thinking three way. Yeah, I I think they because like what because because like you could have just had devices F- a new Japan team. Yeah, anyway. like you could have just had FTR win if it was going to be FTR versus uh, Okan, yeah. and then Okan comes out. The fact that they bothered doing a DQ tells me it's a, a, another classic New Japan three-way tag title uh, match. Fair enough. Uh, we had a really fun three-way dance. Shane Strickland and Ricky Starks and Jungle Boy. Great. Uh, nice little precursor to the, the tag match on tonight. Yeah. yeah Very enjoyable. Um, so we had a, uh, a very weird promo from the Hardy Boys, like most of them are. Um, uh, we had Dan Lambert. Oh my God, there's going to be a TNT title. Uh, uh, oh, sorry, we we saw this on Rampage. The TNT title being unveiled. Uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, uh, and then we had Thunder Rosa cutting a pretty good promo, I thought, on Deeb ahead of the the pay per view match. One of her best, I thought. It was good. It was better, better than the usual. Obviously. Yeah, certainly better than than Deeb's from a few weeks ago. Yeah, that feud still feels quite cold to me. I think so. Yeah, match should be good, but yeah. Um, speaking of match should be good, this one wasn't. Uh, Tony Storm versus Britt Baker. Um, what happened in this one? Well, what happened was uh, Tony Storm had to wrestle Britt Baker, who was bad. Um, <laughs> if if it came out. In the in the sheets afterwards, <laughs> you know, we're we're very sorry to poor Tony Storm and Britt Baker were both concussed a minute into the match. I would kind of understand because it really fell apart. It's like I've enjoyed Tony a lot since she's been in. Um, uh, yeah, me too. Uh, I feel like she's she's hitting her groove, which is good. Um, but like Britt was never. The greatest worker in the world, obviously, that was not her strength. But you kind of could kind of say, "Oh well, you know, good enough to get where she needs to go." I think since she's come back, I don't know what's up, but she's just—it's not working for me at all. Um, uh, lots of misses, lots of pretty bad misses, I think. So, yeah, the problem with the AW division generally is that there's not enough 
steady hands that you put Britt Baker in to conceal her shortcomings. Mm. You know, it's almost the opposite of of WWE situation where you have a lot of great workers, and maybe with the exception of like Sasha, and, who's not around at the moment, and like Becky, that you would say charisma wise, performance wise, that's where they are maybe across the board a little bit weaker. So yeah, I don't know. But Baker is, uh, you know, she needs to be she needs to be in there with uh, Jade working with Brian Danielson on the on a weekly basis because Jade Cargill will be very shortly the top woman in that. Uh, she yeah, uh, for someone who's been wrestling like a year, she's about to lap Britt Baker. I think. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, and then we had Kyle O'Reilly versus Samoa Joe. It was solid. You know, it's fine. Yeah, I thought that was I thought it was quite enjoyable. Um, uh, Joe versus Adam Cole doesn't do a lot for me as the final of the Owen. Um, uh, no, it's hard to figure out like what this tournament's sort of trying to achieve. Like, is it a? It's not like a King of the Ring where it's a new you know, establishing a new talent. Is it just like a? Yeah, that's a that's a good way to think about it. Is it kind of bo- just you know, boosting someone up a bit? I don't know. So if you, we'll go, I guess we'll find out in years to come. Yeah, I mean, the top four were all four <coughs> guys. Yeah. And I, I kind of saw a lot of people kind of, when this thing was announced, and then even when the field was announced, kind of saying, oh, well, you know, you can go with Owen Hart-style guys mm. in it. And then it's kind of like, that's why I thought, I thought they might do Cole versus O'Reilly. I know they don't want to break that group up, but they could have just had them have a match, just a competitive match. And I thought O'Reilly actually would have been a great winner. Um, uh, for for a an Owen Hart style mm. thing, but evidently not. It's just it's just a tor- it's just a tournament that has Owen Hart branding. Really, is the is the thing. I still think it's a great thing. I'm glad they did it. It's it's, it's I'm glad that the, you know the Hart Foundation works with them. But as an actual piece of pro wrestling booking, it was not much of anything. Really, was it? Um, and I suppose on that note, we can jump over to Rampage. They did have the women's final. Uh, sorry, the women's the last semi final on the women's side, uh, which was Chris Statlander versus Ruby Soho. Uh, you'd have to say one of the better women's matches in in quite a while in AEW. Maybe overall, it would be in the conversation for some of the best. Uh, I thought it was really good, really good, and I thought this new uh, this. Ret- on the flip side of Baker, I think this this post return Statlander is is firing on all cylinders. I think. Were you surprised to see Soho win? Yes. Really yeah, me too. Yeah. And again, stitching back into what I was saying earlier, it was kind of like Tony Khan probably planned this out six months ago, and it didn't matter that it was so obvious that Statlander is is the 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 hot current thing, and and Ruby is you know. The solid hand that it's good to have, but she's not the the incredibly popular uprising star. Um, uh, I mean, they've already. I actually only realized after they she won, they've already done Ruby and Brit. They had a very high profile match yeah. a couple of months ago, um, so it just makes that match feel very flat. Um, uh, you yeah. could, and it was one of the more notable, one of the very very few instances of like uh, the crowd just like rejecting a result in AEW history. Just they did they were not happy with it at all, um, which was surprising. I knew they I knew they wouldn't be happy, but the level of ferocity ferocity I was surprised by. Yeah, yeah. It was, I think it's more of an indictment of the way that Ruby's been booked so far. 
rather than anything to do with her and her ability. And also, obviously, the fondness that people have for Britt Baker. But the Britt Baker story has been long talked about, about how they they ought to have turned her face at the peak of her powers and for some reason or another didn't. Um, yeah, I think Statlander would have been the better pick. Uh, I fancy Ruby to win now. And I fancy Joe to win. They would be my two picks. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I was hoping that the finals would ha- be something a bit more unique. Yeah, someone new. Match-wise. Yeah. yeah, someone new or something new. And our, our, our jokers let us down last week as well, you know. Well, less of the, about those said, the better. I don't I don't want to see Johnny Elite <laughs> Johnny ever Henry. again. Oh, I really it, it, it. Oh God, I feel like we're we're looking at potential uh, Adam Cole, Britt Baker smooching with their belts, their Owen Hart Trophy fucking belts. I feel like that's the that's the grim future we're unfortunately hurtling towards. I feel I've le- I I can't overstate how little interest I have in that. I really can't. I just they're two people I've and I was I was big into Brit during the chase and all this stuff. I just, she's been really poor and Cole has not been much, but I really haven't enjoyed Cole lately. Um, yeah. Since he's come in, basically. Yeah. We talked about that already. Yeah. You know, some of the matches have been good, but it's just so funny. Do that he's the guy, else. He's the guy who's else. on TV every week. Everyone else gets cycled in and out in various capacities. Adam Cole is, Oh, excuse me. is always there, always there. And I'm just not feeling it, but, um, I agree. Yeah. Anything else notable on Rampage before we move on? Um, oh, the Young Bucks. Yeah. Uh, this was a great Rampage. This was much better than... It was. Bucks. It was live. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, the Young Bucks cosplaying as the Hardys, which was very funny in of itself. And then you get Gangrel. Brilliant. Excellent. And then you get Brandon Cutler as Lita with the, the whale tail, the little uh, <laughs> Tonga. That was um, so good. It was, that was so, so good. funny. Uh, and that whole kind of act, that whole the whole segment was perfect. It was very funny. Got the point across. Kind of gave a bit of bit of a boost to this feud, really. I think uh, it was a bit boring before that, but this this it's funny because I had just been talking. I think it was when we were watching Dynamite. I had just been talking about that the Hardys were with Gangrel for a brief amount of time. I don't know how many people would remember the Hardy Boys and Gangrel were a unit. Oh, I remember. New, new it, it's a very, yeah. it's a very tiny window, isn't it? It's fairly small. Yeah. yeah uh, well, the classic thing is when, when they had the tag team ladder match at No Mercy, the very famous ladder match. I think they were still the new brood. They, they were because I, I, I had that tape as a child. I wore it out, and I remember yeah. being being so weirded out when the Hardys music hit, and then they came up through the ground with the flames. I was like, "What's this? I don't know what this is." Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> terrible ideas in wrestling history. Four hundred and fifty-eight. <laughs> I mean, obviously they couldn't bring in. I don't know, like Michael Hayes. Well, and he's signed still. He's still with the Fed, isn't yeah. he? Terry Ronald. Guy- What's Terry Ronald's doing these days? Terry Ronald's. Yeah. Um, mm. they they probably could have gotten Lisa. Really, she's not signed to anyone. Um. Uh. Well, maybe not. Maybe not for a Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy reunion. I don't know if if that's what she's uh she's for but um i did i did like that i know this is always the thing said about the box but matt jackson did look like he was on a uk tribute show for the wwf when he yeah. dressed up as matt hardy he was so i don't even know if it was intentional but it seemed like he was doing the the wonky legs oh, <laughs> 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 jack slings 
I bet he did. <laughs> well, he did the Matt Hardy fall out of the ring gift. Yeah. So, you know, I wouldn't put it past him. Oh, they're great. They're great. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was really good. Um, Speaking of great, I'm also loving um, the acclaimed and the ass boys. Uh, <laughs> so well. good. So you, you, can, you can take off Scissor <coughs> Me Daddy Ass off me daddy your ass. bingo card. Oh, uh, and, and the classic you always love in wrestling when a guy is charismatic enough that he can stay on TV in a wheelchair when he's injured, mm. you know. Uh, this the, this gives me big Kurt Angle, Edge and Christian vibes of a unit. Um, yeah. It's great. Just just two, la- two teams at the height of their powers coming together to make something incredibly stupid. I, I love like, when... Sorry. Go I feel like this might be leading to a, a face turn for the acclaimed, like teaming up with the ass boys so that eventually they can turn on them and turn mm. acclaimed face they're already like incredibly popular and get cheered by everyone so i don't it's a bit arbitrary but yeah maybe a maybe a big run for them towards the tag titles or something yeah i mean i think the acclaimed have proven that they're uh, an act that knows how to get over and, and they should be put in a bit more of a prominent position and mm. um, certainly while the jungle boys um, continue to be the most boring act in the company. Um, my favorite bit of this match, though, was shockingly not the Ass Boys or the Acclaimed. It was when Dante Martin attacked him at the start of the match and Billy Gunn fucked him into the steps and they got ejected. And Taz was so indignant about it. Wait a minute, this isn't fair. What the fuck is going on? Very funny. Um, yeah. Love a bit of Taz. Love a bit of, and you know, I I've said before that the ass boys are no hopers. I think playing into the 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 fact of how how uh, dickheady they are and how uh, annoying they are is the way to go. So I'm 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 prepared to revoke that classification of them. And I think pairing them with the acclaimed is a good is a good idea. Yeah. So well done on that. One. Um, and another, another yet another great thing on rampage. To make mention of was uh, Matt Seidel versus Brian Danielson. Oh, it was so good. It really was good just really wow. Seidel's best AW match for sure. Yeah, that's probably fair. Mm-hmm. A lot good. of great spots in it. Can I shock you? I actually didn't mind the American Top Team segment with uh, Guevara and oh. uh, Take yeah. Smashing up the, you know, smashing up the cabinet. I'll watch that. That's fine. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was all right. Better than the usual stuff. No, I wasn't. I wasn't big on it. Um, and of course, Dan Lambert comes out to tell you, you know, who's a fat slag, who's a fat virgin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, this guy's fat, that guy's fat, she's fat. Yeah. They're fucking, they're not fucking. It's good. Yeah. So. I do like the idea of the TNT belt being kind of personalized based on its owner. I know Miro yeah. had the Bulgaria yeah. colors. The I like that idea um, going forward. I think. That, that, that can be something that makes that belt unique now now that they've fucked it beyond belief. Um, it can have a, like a slightly different look based on who is the holder of it. I think that's a good idea. But no, I didn't like um, I didn't like my baby faces uh, going in with like fucking lead pipes and bullying receptionists. Are they baby faces? No. Uh, allegedly. No, no but Sammy Guevara is not a baby face. No, they turned hell. It's, it's, it's the, a heel the versus only, heel program, then. The only, the only supposed babyface is the most boring man in the world, Frankie Kazarian. 
Yeah, um, well, he's he's 49% motherfucker, 51% madman or something. No, it's 51% son of a bitch. <laughs> the greatest slogan, the greatest slogan you'll ever hear. I mean, if 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 um, Lambert wants to talk about virgins, he need look no further. I love that the stakes for the pay-per-view are like, if your team loses. Frankie Kazarian will never be able to challenge for the fucking TNT title again. It's like, yeah, who gives a shit, pal? It's Frankie Kazarian. He's like 60. <laughs> anyway, speaking of the pay-per-view, let's uh yeah. let's jump in the pay-per-view. Let's jump in here to our 17 different fucking matches. Um, this thing looks so long, and I think most of the matches actually look pretty good, but like it just looks so long, and there's there's whispers that they may add more because they're going against the basketball or some shit. Like uh I don't know. I can't imagine giving a shit about that. But anyway. Uh we'll start with there's only one buy-in match, which again is just crazy. You've got all these matches. You can't put one an extra one on the buy-in, but uh you've got Hookhausen versus Tony Neese and Smart Mark Sterling. We this will be good. That'll It'll be, be good. fun. It'll be It'll good be fun. Love a bit of Hookhausen. I just hope they don't like show up the whole rest of the show because I think they'll genuinely get a great reaction for the whole thing. Um, uh, just get uh, hasted hastily added at the last second. Kyle O'Reilly versus Darby Allen. Mm, why? I mean, I think it'll be good. I'd rather watch yeah, that but, than some but, of the other matches. Oh, yeah, yeah, but it's again nothing behind it. Kind of... No, it was that Kyle O'Reilly injured sting. Oh yeah, Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, as they were fading to black last week, Kyle O'Reilly just about Stillmanized sting. Um, yeah, so that's that. Look, they're both good. It'll be a good match. Um, also hastily added with like one thirty-second video and one run-in. Jade Cargill versus Anna Jay. Um, I think that's fine. Jade Cargill is the attraction. It honestly yeah. doesn't even matter who she's wrestling or what the feud is. As long as she's in the match, that's what yeah. it's really. It's like uh, yeah, I think it on. is literally just like big show. So he wanted to come out and do her entrance and yeah. the music and everything else and just beat someone quick, you know. So yeah, <laughs> perfect. Uh, six man tag: Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King versus Pac, Penta Oscuro, and Ray Phoenix. Um, as bored as I am of the House of Black's antics, and I'm really bored of. I'm actually really bored of the Lucha Brothers. I've I've had enough. Nonetheless, this match should be outrageous. This will be one of the best matches on the show. This will yeah. be great. This is going to go hard. Yeah, um, yeah. So no, nothing, not not too much to say about that. But it should be it should be great. Uh, the aforementioned American top team: Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and Page Van Zant. Versus Sammy Guevara, Frankie Kazarian, and Tay Conti. If American Top Team win, neither Guevara nor Kazarian will be allowed to challenge for the TNT title <coughs> as long as Sky is champion. So. But he said ever on Rampage, though. This Did is what this is what that? Wikipedia says, and they're never wrong. Mm-hmm. So uh, this will be. Ooh, I might have to go take a big shite during this match and not bother watching it. I'm sorry to say. Uh, I'm mildly curious what Gangrel student Paige Van Zandt can do, but. Uh, Beyond that, uh, split, spit blood. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, when she, she comes up through a flaming hole in the ground, that'd be great. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. No. No. No real interest in this. No, no interest in this. Uh, the Hardys versus the Young Bucks again. Basically, just a couple of weeks ago, just came up to them and said, "Oh, we should have a match. Let's have a Fancy match." Fancy having a knock. 
Yeah. Um, it'll probably be great. It'll probably be great. There's a there's a chance this will be like the last great Hardys match, you know. Uh, but it feels like for such a like a big dream match, it just kind of seems to just be eh, it's just happening, you know. Yeah, it hasn't got that FTR versus Briscoes kind of filter. Uh, and no, that was the first time ever. This isn't obviously actually the first time ever. No, so. <laughs> I think the Bucks will. They always deliver. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a three-way for the AEW tag titles. Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus versus Team Taz, Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs versus Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Um, I think any any of the any any title change here would be good. I think it's time to move on from from Jurassic Express. And I, I yeah, I agree, but not only as champions. I think it's time to change up that act significantly yeah possibly even split him up yeah oh turn or maybe the the christian kind of heel act is actually a red herring and it's going to be luchasaurus that turns or jungle boy oh god the idea of what having loads of luchasaurus singles matches is (laughs) see i was kind of thinking i was kind of thinking you do the christian turn and then to get heat for the jungle boy match he like concertos luchasaurus and luchasaurus (laughs) Goes back in time to be a caveman or whatever the fuck, or goes back to wrestle the Tyrannosaurus, and we just don't have to see him again. There we go. Yeah, I don't know. I I think um, I I would strap up the the team Taz boys. Yeah, they deserve it. They deserve it. Um, I think Starks in particular is just getting so clicking so much with the crowd. Mm. I mean, it's. Again, this is another let's strike while the iron's hot thing, I think. Yep. I, was, I was watching uh, Double or Nothing 2021 uh, this morning, and mm. there was the Brian, Brian Cage versus Hangman Page match. Shockingly, oh, shockingly yeah. good match uh, that really it was. Um, but it was funny because Hobbs and Starks kind of interfere in the match and try and convince Cage to, you know, use their interference. And he's like, no, no, I'm going to win it on my own brother. Like, he's Hulk Hogan, and then he lost. He's a big dummy. Um, it was funny seeing them, but you know, they were a year ago, they were kind of a great act already. And Hook was there as well. It was funny remembering Hook as like a young boy running out doing referee distractions. Yeah, now a year on, he's the biggest thing in the business, basically. So that's that was pretty cool. Yeah, I think Team Taz they've had they've been the backbone of a lot of the show, these shows for the last kind of year or two. Yeah, and they're so good. I would, I would absolutely, absolutely love to see them win. Um, the Jericho Appreciation Society versus Kingston, Satana, Ortiz, Brian Danielson, and John Moxley. This is, I think, as we discussed last week, we don't quite know what the anarchy in the arena is going to be. Um, I'm going to guess it'll just be some variety of street fight. Street fight. It'll, it'll be a 90s Steve Austin main event oh. in the crowd. Brawl. Perfect. <laughs> I, I, yeah, with these guys involved, I think that would be great. I, I, I hope they do fucking. I hope they. I hope like two of them go out into the strip and are just fighting in the streets. Oh, you know? yes. Uh, uh, that would be great. Uh, I, I, I hope they do some wacky shit in this. I'm fine with it still being mostly just a regular street fight, but with ten guys, you can definitely go with, go into the bowels of the building and 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 go into the No Mercy backstage arena and and put someone through a pool table. <laughs> Uh, I want Danielson doing submissions on casino tables. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, then we've got our two Owen Hart finals, which we have talked about already. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just like, I feel like Ruby's going to be booed and Brit's not necessarily going to be cheered. And I just feel like that's a miss. Um, so yeah, uh, Brit versus Ruby and so and uh, Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole. Uh, then we have, well, this one sounds good. MJF versus the Wardlow. Sounds good. I want to see that. Uh, if Wardlow wins, he'll be granted his release from MJF's contract. If MJF wins, Wardlow will be permanently banned from signing with AEW. If Wardlow wins, MJF will be released from his contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If Wardlow wins, you get to go to NXT 2.0. <laughs> if Wardlow wins, he gets the big fat AEW contract he wants. <laughs> MJF's. <laughs> yeah, I really, uh, yeah it's funny because like tomorrow like i'm gonna want to get up early and watch, watch joe <laughs> just thinking of goldberg again <laughs> like goldberg. oh my god just oh. <laughs> goldberg versus Wardlow. Oh, oh I would, personally if, if that happened i'd personally send tony khan a check for a hundred <sighs> pounds <laughs> treat yourself big man treat yourself tony well done mate i want but i want i want goldberg to come out and would they just say oh look it's mjf <laughs> <laughs> oh you know yes but, but give him a scarf give him a scarf i say like, jesus he's hitting the gym isn't he and he's and his beard's a bit great wait a minute did he always have a beard what are we <laughs> one of the simpsons didn't want to take part Let's see if you can figure <laughs> out <laughs> Oh dear! So yeah, I want to watch this unspoiled tomorrow morning, but it's going to be so hard to not like look at the news. Yeah. See, yeah, especially because this show is going to be this match is going to be fucking three hours deep. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, anyway, uh, Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb. Uh, builds notwithstanding, look, they're two great wrestlers. I think I think this match should be should be great. Yes. Yeah. And Hangman Page versus CM Punk. I think it'll be great. I think it'll be really good. Yeah. I mean, for, I was looking forward to it for a long time. But I think a lot, of the, some of the steam came out of it in the last a few bit. weeks. Yeah. The closer we've got, the less I've been interested, which is the not a good sign. But I think, yeah, I think it will be a really good match. I, I interested more to see the result than, than the match itself, maybe just to see where they go. Uh, yeah. And that is your pay-per-view preview. <laughs> Some of you will have already seen the show by the time you listen to this, but you look. Uh, we will now segue into your regularly scheduled content and uh, goffs of various descriptions, uh, including a little bit of life guff. Um, I don't have too much life guff. I had a very nice day today, a beautiful sunny weather here this weekend. So we did, in fact, go for a potter, potter about the place uh, today, which is quite nice. I'm a, little, I'm a teensy bit burnt on my face, but you know, that's the cost of uh, our beautiful summer weather. Uh, what about you, boys? What did you get up to this week, Joe? Uh, Michelle and I have been sick all week. Oh, no. Um, <sighs> I think we caught something last weekend. Might have been at the concert. I don't know. But, um, yeah, really, I, we tested negative for the, the Rona, but I don't know if that's... Uh, those tests are even reliable anymore but um yeah really bad just took three days off work even this weekend still not feeling kind of 100 percent. so uh unfortunately barely been outside so that is that's my exciting week 
Um, on Monday, we did go out, though. I did return to the scene of the crime. We went back to see the uh, Infinity Rooms exhibition at the Tate Modern Gallery in London. Uh, so this was the exhibition where I infamous, infamously yeah. um, stepped into the big uh, pool of water that surrounds <laughs> the path the last time we went and splashed water everywhere and then spent two hours uh, walking around the, the gallery with a wet uh, shoe and sock. Um, so this time I did I didn't. We got through the whole thing. Redemption arc um, all went to plan. It was very, very good. Uh, when we were in the queue, the, the guy does ask, because they tell you like the rules and the kind of what to expect. And he said, okay, have you been before? And Michelle was like, yes. And I was like, no, we've I've never seen it before in my life. That wasn't me. Um, but it was very enjoyable. It was very good. But yeah. And then Once you that, said that you were the brother who stood in the water that one time, if you would remember. <laughs> I think it does probably happen more often than not because when we went in, there was there was some like splashed water on the floor, and I was like, "Oh, someone else has clearly been in there." Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of fun. Very nice. Not much for me. It was a bit of an up and down week. Um, emotionally, had some had some shit going on, but um, I did. Do some tie shopping today. Oh, well, that's the highs, obviously. Yeah, so we got a wedding next week. Nice. And one thing we do, maybe other people do it. I don't know. One thing we do is I'll my tie, I'll always get a tie to match Natty's dress. Mm. So we had to find a, a, a kind of duck egg, very light blue color tie. So I found one in next... Nice tie, nice pocket square. Because I always have to have my pocket square. And it comes with a little flower as well. Little flowers. So very happy with that. Um got my first edition of my wrestling magazine. Oh, very nice. For my subscription. Very nice. They they posted it out to me. Uh, received the day after release. So it came out on the twenty sixth in news agents. But I received on the twenty seventh, so that that's good enough timing for me. I'm not going to be one of the people who's anxiously looking at the date, marking it off on the calendar. When it comes, it comes. But I was very happy to see that it was only one day after uh, its planned distribution day, especially that's being posted from the UK. Uh, haven't read much of it yet. I will sit down and, and read that. What I have been doing as well is, um, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to get the 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 back issues that I missed. But you can get digital copies on their website, which are a little bit on the expensive side, but half the price it would cost me to order the back issue and have it posted out. So I also read the the, the first issue I bought was issue 20. I did also get a digital issue one. And what I'm going to do is I'm only going to allow myself every month to buy one digital issue along with the one I get posted out. Okay. So in two years, I'll be caught up. Oh, what's happened at this? Is it WrestleMania? 17. Oh, wow. <laughs> this, this The Rock fella has got a lot of potential. Uh, so that was nice. Uh, I got myself another uh, wrestling figure as well. Oh, yeah. I got a little Penta Zero M. Uh, uh, okay. Because it was, it was on clearance in in, uh, in the Toy Story visit. It was five Europeans. Wow. I said, I, I wouldn't got it otherwise. But the fact that it was five euro, I said, what's five euro? You find five euro on the floor. Probably because I've thrown it there. <laughs> um, 
So I picked myself over in the box with the other boys. I have four of them now. And again, my rule is just I get the coolest looking ones. So I have Penta, Orange Cassidy, Sting, and Darby. And then um, JR next. Oh. JR next. Excalibur. Oh, I really, I'm, I'm going to get the Excalibur. I am going to get the Excalibur. I want the Tony Schiavone. The Tony Schiavone is the goofiest we'll looking each, one. I've we'll ever each seen. get one and then we can unite them together yeah. as the announced team. Um, didn't get up to too much else apart from that, I would say. I, I am staying up live for the pay-per-view and I am working in the morning. Oh, silly boy. But it'll be it'll be a log on at nine AM. See what's happening. Does anybody need me for anything? And just tell people, oh, uh, not feeling great. I'll log back in a few more hours. See you, bye. And and go back to sleep. So it'll be fine. Yeah. He'll be mind. fine. Yeah. Um that's about it. Um I did squeeze in, I, I initially hadn't listened to any music this week, but I did squeeze in an LP just before recording time. Go on. A long play. A long play. And I don't know if you guys have heard of uh, Licky Lee, but it's certainly a name that I have Pokemon. seen there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. I assume I am. Uh, it's L-Y-K-K-E-L-I. It's like a Swedish singer-songwriter uh, lady. Uh, and the album is called I, even though it's spelled as if it would be I-I. Apparently, Wikipedia is telling me that it's pronounced I. So it's E-Y-E-Y-E. Mm. Um, really good. Really, really good. Um, I would say it feels like a pared down, um, stripped down, understated version of you know, you might see like a a clean bandit song or a what's your man a Calvin Harris song. Like a it's a it's a poppy core. It's got a poppy little nucleus, but it's it's presented in the framework of kind of a stripped down beach housey, maybe Florence of the Machine kind of sound. But you can tell in that nucleus that nucleus is there's there's pop. Uh, pureness at its core trying to burst out. It never quite bursts out. But you, can f- you, can, you can feel it within. Mm. So it's, it's it's a pop album and a really good one at that. Uh, masquer- masquerading as a kind of stripped down, like I said, beach housey kind of sound. Um, really, really good. Really, really impressed. Only 33 minutes long as well, which wow. is tremendously... Uh, Short listen, maybe too short for how much I was enjoying it, but um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I'm obviously not uh, the, the, the biggest expert on modern pop or anything, but I, I would liken it to kind of a, a stripped down, like Zara Larson, maybe kind of sound, um, but really, really good. I would, I would really highly recommend it. Uh, and like I said, it's only 30 minutes, so if you're into that kind of music, I would give it a go. Um, and that's all I listened to. Um, I did watch a bit of football this oh, yeah. weekend. Mm. So we two big, two big games in the Champions League final, mm-hmm. which was only the second most um, financially rewarding game <laughs> of the weekend. Uh, behind the Championship playoff final between Nottingham Forest 
and Huddersfield Town. Um, so I, I, I'll talk about that first. I was very much cheering for Nottingham Forest. Uh, as a sticker collector man from the 90s, <laughs> I've got good memories. I, Joe and myself were discussing some names from yesteryear, last week. Yeah. You're uh, Ian, Ian Wowens and Colin Coopers and um, Jason Lees of the world. Yeah. So very happy to see them uh, come back up. I had a, 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 I did a little quiz in midweek, Joe, uh, mm. for myself. So I'm interested to see if how, how you would do. Because I, as someone who does the fantasy Premier League, as someone who does a lot of um, scouting of the other teams, I would consider that I'm I'm quite. I don't know about you, Joe, but I'm quite mm. good on knowing who are like the first eleven for you know mm. uh, your West Ham's. Your Crystal Palaces. I could probably name you a first eleven from th- this season gone of Crystal Palace. But Joe, how many of Huddersfield players from the last time there in the Premier League do you think you would be able to name? Oh, I got one. Uh, I could name one player, and this wasn't that long ago. Last time there in the Premier League was like twenty nineteen, I think. Uh, Dave Dagenham. I don't think that's <laughs> not, not, not a real person. Um, yeah, last time I, I'll just say last time Huddersfield Town AFC were in the Premier League was the 2018-19 season. Mm, I, could, I, I could name one of their players. It was Aaron Moy. Right. Yeah, I'm not great with um, yeah kind of players these days. Back in the old days, I could have named every first eleven. You know, with the stickers and the cards yeah. and everything. These days, uh, probably two or three players from each team. Maybe most of the top teams, but. Like even Arsenal, I could probably get six. If I'm honest. No, I, I could, I could, I could do you twenty Arsenal players. Twenty? Oh yeah, oh, easy, okay. easy, okay. easy, easy. Okay. Um, I, I, I would consider myself that you know every season it starts, you get the new teams. I'm not going to be able to name you any of Bournemouth's mm. players or any of Nuts players. But over the, the the first few months, two months, three months pass by, I can I can get into it. I can name because I watch enough matches to be able to kind of mm. tell. Um, but I was I couldn't remember any Huddersfield players, and even when I looked at the team, I was like, I don't know who any of these fuckers are. Don't know who any of them are. Um. So anyway, Nottingham Forest won. Congrats to them. Good to have them back. Um. Happy to not have Huddersfield back. What a nothing team. That that would be like getting Burnley back. <laughs> Burnley and Huddersfield get them teams away as far away from the Premier League as possible. But um, the Champions League final. Real Madrid, Liverpool. I did have a feeling early in the day that I should put I should put some mm. money on Real Madrid to win. They were five to two, whereas Liverpool were about evens. So if you put a fiver on, you would have won like twelve fifty or thereabouts. Mm. I didn't do it because I was a coward. But my feelings were vindicated later that day when Real Madrid did indeed win the Champions League for the fourteenth time. You did. Thanks to. Thibaut Courtois in goals. Oh. had a phenomenal show. Yeah, very good. Um, I was surprised, though, by some of the commentary. I was watching some of the BT Sports mm. punditry, but I was watching mostly on RTE2. Um, I find that when you're watching an English team in Europe, the English pundits can be a bit over the top with their, uh, their bias, as was the case in the Man City-Atletico Madrid game, mm. where they're acting like Atletico had killed one of the city players this is an outrage this is this is disgraceful this is unbelievable um but yeah both sides i think we're a little a little over the top in how 
they they were professing that Liverpool had like dominated the game. Hmm. I didn't. I felt it was a bit more even than that. I felt like the second half especially was Liverpool had a lot of possession, kind of around the halfway line. They they creep forward. Real Madrid get the ball and sprint forward and counterattack that repeatedly. Hmm. I didn't feel like Liverpool were really in control, and this isn't my anti-Liverpool bias either, but I never felt that Liverpool were fully in control of the game. I never felt like Liverpool really came that close uh, to scoring. There was the, the save that um, Courtois made with like his elbow. Yeah, onto the post. And then when Salah almost got in at the near post. But yeah. there, were, there weren't as many clear-cut chances for Liverpool to the point that you would say that they like dominated the game and they should have won. Yeah. Um, I think for first re- half they were much better. Uh, they were better, Madrid, much better than Madrid in the first half. Second half wasn't a lot in it for either of them really. I don't, it, no. it, was, it was kind of a nothingy second half, and Real got the goal and their one shot on target. And should have should have had two goals. Well, the penalty or another one. The the offside off Fabinho's knee. Yeah, that was confusing because he they said he didn't intentionally pass the ball, but when would a defender ever intentionally passed to an attack and never that would never happen would it so no. i don't really that doesn't make a lot of sense so who who passed to benzema if it wasn't <laughs> Fabinho? because it was valverde touched it canate tackled him yeah so if the, if the argument and they had peter walton trying to explain it in, in the he was like it's very simple really and then he just spouted the bollocks a stream of bollocks yeah valverde goes to play it to benzema canate blocks it and if the argument at that point is Kanate is only blocking it because Benzema is offside, then I can see the logic of, well, Benzema is interfering with play in that sense. Mm. But nobody made that argument. Kanate tackles him. So Valverde's hit the ball. Kanate's now hit the ball. Then it ping-pongs off Fabinho's knee into the path of Benzema, who sticks it away. Um, so like, how many ping-pongs are we allowing for something to be offside or not. Because mm. I don't know, no, Joe, you remember we had the case in, was it Aston Villa against Man City or something last season where Mings went to play a ball or went to intercept the ball not knowing the City player was offside, mm. that he would have just left otherwise. Right. But because he touched it, they gave it as a go. Yeah. And there was a big hullabaloo about it. Like how how many deflections are we allowing off a pass before we're saying oh sorry even though he, he the 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 Real Madrid player touched the ball a minute ago there were seventeen further deflections uh, that lad is now offside like where's the line to me this was you know who where, when Benzema received the ball where did it come from it came off a Liverpool player therefore it's not offside yeah to me it's as simple as that I don't know what way they were looking at it. I can sense mind. if if someone. Uh, plays a pass maybe and it takes a slight deflection on the way through but the player was in an offside position when the pass was made then that's an offside it's not discounted by the fact that it took a deflection off a player that was in the way but this wasn't that at all no in this case the ball went backwards this was a player running to the ball and then came forwards again diving feet first at it kneeing it to the other player it wasn't intentional sorry (laughs) Yeah, it was a bit mad. Um, luckily, their second goal did stand. Mm. It was a lot more clear cut. Um, yeah, I thought it was quite funny as well. The the story about Salah and getting his revenge uh, ultimately ended in a bit of an anticlimactic. Mm. You know, it was like um, 
the classic wrestling thing of the the blood feud that starts with the lockup, and then they have a a very tame chain wrestling match. That's what it felt like here. Yeah, uh, Michael Owen was very funny in the in the post show punditry. Uh, I still think Liverpool are the team to beat. Uh, Real Madrid just beat them. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, some some very very funny stuff from him. Uh, what an absolute clown! Don't let him on the telly anymore, please. Also, he's wearing his dad's suit. His suit was like two sizes too big for him. Very funny visual as well. Um, yeah, Barry, how was your experience of the the final? Then, fortunately, not the uh, hottest game that you chose to sit down. No, but so I was at a I was at a thirtieth birthday party where a, a, a chunk of the participants just really wanted to make sure that they could see the match. So I got yeah. to watch it in full, and it, I I was uh, <laughs> I was with. Uh, some passionate Liverpool fans. Uh, they were they were let down. I hate to say. Oh, of course. Um, but um, you know, it's good. You know, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun enough ma- uh, match for what it was. I I did think it was a comical amount of time for that uh, that offside uh, decision to be reviewed. Um, yeah. But you know, that's 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 the game. Um, yeah, no, it was all right. Thumbs up. Solid. Yeah. Solid. If you'd if you'd if you'd watched either of the Real Madrid Man City semifinals, you would have had a, a much better time. Those games were. Electric. I'll go back and watch the VOD. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I just the the faces on the Man City players as Real Madrid's second extra time or second injury time goal goes in is not a visual that I'll quickly forget. Very funny as well. Um, reminded me of Neymar, uh, that famous gif Neymar when United get the last minute penalty and he looks like a little lost boy. Um, but anyway, that's all the TV I was watching. What about you guys? Uh, started season three of the boys. No, sorry, uh, season two of the boys. Mm. Uh, finally, um, which picks up pretty well from where it left off. I mean, they a lot of shit happened in the first season, so there was a bit of a, you know people killed off and re- big revelations. So uh, they had a job kind of picking it up, but I think they done. They did really well. So I've been enjoying it so far. Only a few episodes in, <clears throat> but yeah, pretty good. Introduced a kind of new big baddie into the seven. I uh, get some very weird stuff with uh, Homelander and uh, <laughs> scene with a kind of shapeshifter. I won't go any further, but yeah, you know the scene. Mm. Um, some very. Uh, I was kind of thinking the other day, like it's very hard to do kind of edgy stuff on TV now because we have the internet, right? You can log on to Twitter and see like people's heads coming off like in real life like you, you know what i mean yeah, the like, actual heads yeah the actual heads coming off and and fucking people are doing all kinds of scene graphic sexual acts just accidentally scrolling through your timeline you don't even have to really search for it so it's very hard to create stuff on tv that's like genuinely shocking and edgy like you can't really do that anymore i think the boys actually does it like just in terms of the the visuals and the concepts and the ideas and the way it pushes the envelope <clears throat> a lot of it is quite sort of very visceral uh, and I enjoy that because I think it's, you know, something very kind of interesting. So, uh, yeah, enjoying enjoying that. We'll continue to watch it. And what else? Something else I watched. I can't remember. Uh, actually, that was it. I also watched the car- carpool karaoke thing uh, that you... Yeah. 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 It was all right, wasn't it? It was all right. I, it was kind of like we watched the AEW episode and I was like, that's that's enough of that. Yeah. I'm all right. I'm all right that with that. Right. Like, I, I see Brian Danielson sing Frozen with, all, with his chest. Um, you know, uh, yeah, it, it just it seemed very kind of staged and very kind of just, you know. uh, it, yeah. I'm not sure really what people get out of it. 
it's I thought it, I thought it wasn't yeah. funny because James Corden was in it, but I don't think it was actually. I don't think Corden was to blame. I don't think it was particularly funny either. Way, yeah, that's it. the thing. He's still he's still a, he's listed as a producer on this, so I guess he just couldn't be arsed filming fifteen mm. separate uh, episodes or whatever the fuck it is. But um, it 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 felt like I was like, you know what? Yeah, this should probably just be a segment on a late night show. Really, it's not. It's not. Uh, there's not enough juice there for anything else. Uh, it was fine. It was a bit of crack, but I, I would not watch any of the other episodes. Even if there was other celebrities on it, I liked. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't watch any more of it. But um, yeah, that was that. I must. Yeah, we haven't started the boys season two. Well, we've seen it already, but we haven't started a rewatch of the boys season two. We might. Uh, we should probably get to that ahead of season three, which is a mm. couple of days away, I believe, uh, on the old Amazon Prime. Uh, I did finish Severance. Uh, which wait, I think I talked about that last week, did I not? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think I was. I think I had one episode left last week or something yeah. like that. We finished it anyway. Absolutely fantastic! What a proper, proper, tremendous finale where you're edge of your seat stuff. Uh, and I, I, I will be salivating for for season two. That was a proper top drawer television. I mean, that is uh, really, really great. So yeah, uh, but yeah, no, nothing, nothing else. Um, on the TV front there at the moment. I did not get around to watching Kenobi, or is it called Obi-Wan Kenobi or whatever? Oh, yeah. I watched the first episode. I forgot about that. Oh, did you? Is it any good? Uh, it's exactly what you think it is. Right. Uh, okay. To your okay. to your point, Barry, of literally covering every single second of time <laughs> yeah. in between, you know, the, the birth of Anakin Skywalker to fucking Daisy Ridley returning to Tatooine. They're going to cover every moment of that as if it were like big brother five you know um, <laughs> so yeah it goes down a route i won't spoil it, it goes down a route that i didn't really want it to go down i was hoping they wouldn't go down um so it's a bit disappointing but i think i mean ewan mcgregor's great he was the best thing about the prequels and he, he's still always really good uh it's just yeah it goes down a kind of predictable route um yeah so i haven't bothered to watch the second one yet i probably will it's what it is. Uh, yeah, I'll get to that at some stage. <laughs> I never. Well, I could. I still have only watched like the 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 malaise with all of this stuff has really kicked in because I've still only watched two episodes of Moon Knight and two episodes of Boba Fett, whatever the fuck that fucking thing is called. Uh, that that was one of the most boring shows I think I've 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 watched in recent memory. Um, so you know, we'll see. I'll give I'll give Obi Wan a, a you know. I'll give Obi Wan a, a watch. Anyway, uh, moving on to the Tele Guff. Uh, I watched one. I haven't watched a lot of movies lately, but I, I did. We did go and see a new release film this week. Uh, I went to see the Bob's Burgers movie. E. Bob's Burgers is a TV show. I have sort of consumed a lot of by osmosis because my girlfriend always has it on. Uh, I have. I don't think I've ever sat down and watched a full episode beginning to end of Bob's Burgers. So I was curious how much of this I would get and how much of it would I would enjoy. Um, I will say that I don't think you have to have. It, it probably helps, and you probably pick up on loads of extra stuff. But I don't think you need to have any pre-existing kind of fondness or understanding of Bob's Burgers to see this movie. I think it is very accessible. I think the characters are all very self-explanatory. So you can parachute in and just watch this, even if you've never watched uh, uh, a minute of the show before. 
And I have to say, I really, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was very funny. I thought it was very charming. Um, I think it was really nicely animated as well. It kind of did that thing that all these animated things do when they make the jump to cinema, which is like slightly more elaborate lighting, some more swooping three-dimensional kind of shots. It looks the way an animated TV show turned movie should look. Um, But I really, I just really thought it was great. I think all the voice acting is great. Um, and it did make me more inclined to say, you know what, I, I think I'll actually give the show a, a whirl uh, because I did. I, I quite enjoyed it. I really did quite enjoy it. Uh, it's, it was much better than the Simpsons movie. I'll say that it's it's in it's 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 kind of closer to South Park in terms of where where would you rank the the, the TV to, to film jumps? Um, it's better than the Simpsons overall as a movie, but it's also like from what I've taken up of the show over the years, it's a lot truer to the show in a sense it's not like for the movie uh bob becomes a superhero and the movie is about being a fucking it's a hilarious satire on fucking marvel or they have to save the world it's none of that it's 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 it feels like it could have been an episode of the show while still feeling like a, a, a kind of a, an escalation. So yeah, thumbs up on that. I think if you if you have never seen any of the show, you'll enjoy it. I think if you've seen the show, you'll probably love it. So thumbs up on that one. That's all I've seen this week. Uh, two oldies for me. Go on. Um, just uh, you know, next to next to um, the TV here, I have a pile of DVDs and stuff that I've kind of picked out as. Priority one. Some I've seen before. Some I'm just in the mood to rewatch. Mm-hmm. And so I did two rewatches of films that, for one reason or another, I was just in the mood to to revisit. Uh, first one is the Naked Gun. Oh, okay. With uh, Leslie Nielsen and uh, everyone's favorite uh, murderer, but don't allegedly don't say it out loud. Uh, Priscilla Presley. Okay. Um, no, OJ Simpson. I'm talking about, of course. Um, and Priscilla Presley is in it. Um, it's it's you know it's it's uh, it's more of the uh, the uh, the the comedy you get in the airplanes of the world. It's it's when those movies were good before it devolved into um, date movie and <laughs> yeah utter trash of the like mm-hmm. um very razor quick visual <coughs> gags um non-stop wordplay it's, it, it, like it's, it's it's great i think on re on on this must be like my 20th rewatch of this movie but this time around i, I will say the, the the film revolves around a plot to assassinate the queen of england mm-hmm. who's visiting uh los angeles and the the final act takes place in like during a baseball game. Um, I will say that that last act does fall a little bit too deeply into the sports movie template and doesn't do enough to like satirize it or make it funny. There are bits of it where it's just a, there's a baseball game happening, um, and I think they should have maybe pared pared that down a little bit or made it a bit funnier. Um, but otherwise, the Naked Gun and it's, Especially the first two. I was going to say the Naked Gun trilogy, but the the third one, I hesitate to say it's that good. I think it's maybe the, a bit of a stinker. But the first two are definitely very, very funny. Leslie Nielsen, uh, 
all time great of comedy. Mm. His de- his deadpan is second to none. <coughs> um, it's great. It's great. Um, and then I also rewatched uh, one of the um, the great uh, British directors, uh, director of um, Shaun of the Dead, mm-hmm. Hot Fuzz, mm-hmm. oh. Last Night in Soho, which oh. I haven't watched yet. Oh. Our buddy Edgar Wright, and I watched uh, his adaptation of Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Ah. Now I know. And this isn't uh, a, a, an aggressive uh, insult, but I know that you guys were a bit sniffier about Scott Pilgrim vs. the World than I was. Mm. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay, mm-hmm. I think it's it's one of I I, I, I wouldn't you know be, say anything crazy to the extent of it's it's better than Hot Fuzz or Shaun of the Dead because I I don't think it is, but as a pure spectacle of creative editing and kind of unburdened unburdened creativity i think it's really head and shoulders uh out on its own i think it's mm. i think it's really really good in that aspect i think the performances across the board are pretty good i probably would have cast someone a bit more charismatic than a bit more charismatic than michael Sarah in the lead mm. i think he's serviceable i i think the film would have worked better with a i don't know like um uh, your man who plays Quicksilver in the X Men movies. Oh, for yeah. example, what's it, Eric something? Yeah, what's his name? Uh, Eric. Someone like him maybe wouldn't be a bit. Because why? Would, why do all these women want Michael Sarah? Michael Sarah, he looks like a little uh, looks like a bird. He looks like a turtle without the shell. Yeah, he's um, he's a bit chinless. He's very funny. He's, fr- he's um, great as like in in Arrested Development as that kind of slightly gormless like kid. And he's super bad. He does gormless kid. If you want a gormless kid, Evan Peters is the actor. Get get fucking Sarah in. If you want someone who's a bit more sexy, kind of boy next door, Ferris Bueller, you know. Yeah, Sarah. Get Matthew Broderick. He could be better. He's, he was probably fifty, but fine, doesn't yeah. matter. In between killing people, he can <laughs> star in the movie. Um, yeah, I think Sarah's Sarah's really the only. The only weak bit of the film for me. Um, otherwise, I think Edgar it's it's Edgar Wright let completely loose, and every frame is fucking video game references or stuff appearing at you on the screen or razor sharp editing. And I think it's just I think it's great. I really really enjoy it. And I've never read the books. I don't have any nostalgia for the books. But I think as a as an exercise in film editing, it should be like shown in film school and stuff. I think it's I think it's really, really great. But yeah, that's that's my uh film that I think is better than Barry and Joe think it is of the week. Ooh. Yeah, I didn't like it. It's one one film of his I don't really get on with. I love all the others. Uh, I don't really like Baby Driver. That's my one of those. Yeah. I thought Baby Driver was a bit boring. That's my second least favourite probably. Um, yeah. right. I did almost buy last night in Soho. On DVD, and I don't like um, the third of the Cornetto ones. What world's end? The world's end. Um, I really like the world's end. I have a soft spot for that one. It's not. It's the weakest of the three, but I, I still like it. Um, overall, um, I watched uh, two movies. I watched um, Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. Uh, 
so I haven't, I've not watched many of the Mission Impossible movies. I saw the first one, obviously, yeah. 30 years ago. Um, and then I watched the one that's got Superman in it. I can't remember which was that called. Fallout. Yeah, probably. Um, but they have a, there's a, there's a Tom season on Tom season. There's a Tom Cruise season on now TV. And yeah. I was like, ah, let's throw on one of these movies. Cause it, <coughs> apparently they're very fun. Yeah. And I'd like a bit of cruise. So yeah, I watched ghost protocol. And I, I, I would say like the first hour is fantastic. Like I, there's a bit where Tom Cruise is dressed up as a Russian general and him and Simon yeah. Pegg sneak into the Kremlin. And then there's a bit where he's the mad bastard that he is, Cruise. He's only on the bloody Burj Khalifa, like climbing up free, there, free climbing up the Burj Khalifa with a sticky glove on. Uh, <laughs> like it's a high tech glove. He's not not like a yeah, wanking yeah, glove yeah. or anything. Um, that was that's amazing. You know, it's something that you don't see in many movies outside of Bond. And so, yeah. all, all credit to Cruise for for doing that stuff. And it's it's very relentless and high octane, and I, I did enjoy it. I do have to say, I kind of, I didn't have a clue what what they were doing. To be honest, what why they were doing all this stuff, who they were trying to save, what was trying to, I kind of lost the thread of it. It was just a bit bit mad. But I was enjoying the action, but my only kind of criticism is of it that once it got to like the final um, final kind of crescendo, you know, the climax, it um, it was difficult to kind of up the pace because it starts at such a furious pace and kind of keeps that going through the first two acts. By the time you get to the climax, it's high, there's no room to like keep going unless they go into space or something, which they kind of do at one point. Actually, um, I think that's the only criticism. It's, it's hard to to raise the stakes and raise the pace when you you're kind of going crazy for the whole thing. So I yeah, I think it needs a bit more pacing. It's like one of those, I, li- I like the car car park fight at the end of that. Yeah, that was quite novel. Um, but yeah, I, 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 eh, in the end, I, I liked it. But it, again, I'm not a huge fan of those those films. I know I think they're good, and I, I get why people really love them and they get like well, it's, it's those three specifically: it's Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, and Fallout. Are yeah, they? I think really good ones. Yeah. Um, Do you see the trailer for the new one that just came out? Yeah, looks looks kind of more of the same. I love the bit where Tom Cruise lets you know how young he is by running real fast. He runs. He can still he can't run. be old. Look how look how fast he's running. He's running very very fast. <laughs> Joe, what else did you watch this week? Uh, I also watched a little film called uh, Austin Powers, Groovy Baby, Shagadelic. Uh, mm. no, 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 white meat. Should we shag now or later? Mm. <laughs> One million dollars. Um, which I haven't seen in bloody ages, but uh, just fancy Zip watching. It was... Uh, it was. It's very funny. It was still very funny. Lots of you know, physical comedy, silly voices. The one thing I forgot about it, Barry's just thinking of hilarious bits from Austin Powers. <laughs> oh, they're all good. They're all so good. good. The one thing. The one thing I forgot about it though is that there's so many incredibly like dragged out jokes yes. that kind of go on for two or three minutes, and I, I completely forgot about that. I think in my mind I kind of merged all of the films together, yeah. and sort of thought it was yeah that bits in, in this one, this one. Um, so yeah, a lot of kind of jokes that I thought yeah okay, it's, it's kind of funny that you're dragging it out, but it gets to the point where it wasn't actually that funny. Yeah. Uh, Will Ferrell's in it playing a kind of Middle Eastern man with a fez on. <laughs> 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 Problematic accent. 
Um, yeah, overall, it's very funny, and I, I, his performance is, is great. And yeah, not, not too much more to say about it. I probably watched the second as well. I think that's might be the better one in my memory. Yeah, um, I, I think that's probably the sixties. Um, because Liz Hurley, Liz Hurley's not in that one. She, she's only in the first one. Yeah, um, she does an actually not bad job. I don't think she's too bad. Um, but yeah, very, very, very funny movie. No, none of you watched that that Mike Myers thing on Netflix, did you? The oh, I watched the first episode. Oh man, how was it? Uh, not funny. Yeah, I saw a few clips. It did not look great. The funny thing is, he he plays like five different characters, the, the pen, Pentagathagor, and um, he looks like the same character each time. You know, <laughs> like it, it looks like five versions of exactly the same person. I don't know why, because when he was Doctor Evil and Austin Powers, he didn't look the same. But um, maybe he's got to a point where the the prosthetics can only do so much. <laughs> we can't can't fix that, Mister Myers. Sorry. No. Um, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't funny. Just shame. Um, well, what's funny? To leg, baby. Oh. oh yeah. I'll be. Uh, what was funny was Barry trying to get to that one fucking island in Mario's sunshine <laughs> for an hour. Oh God. Oh my God. I I I returned to Mario Sunshine. As a little kind of, you know, one year, one year twitching. That was what the month of May was. I was, just did a couple of one-off things and said, let's let's go back to Mario Sunshine. And just offhandedly, I knew of one level I was like, I should try and do. Because it's, it's, it's infamy in gaming is well known. And that's the lily pad level, right? And obviously to not like spoil the fun, I am... Uh, I didn't look up anything about about it. I I know I'd seen it played and I was aware of what it was. And I, I looked up a text guide on how to get to it. So I knew broadly where I had to go, but I did not anticipate what lay before me when I tried to get there. Because this is one of those this is one of those just absolutely gobsmacking Mario Sunshine design decisions where it's like it's a hidden level where you kind of have to you can't just like platform your way over there. You have to wait for a series of boats to kind of float by and they go incredibly slowly and you have to uh, get a Yoshi uh, uh, and get onto, uh, 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 first of all, in this game, you can't just get a Yoshi. You have to find the egg and then the egg says it wants a type of fruit and then you have to go and get the fruit and then you have to give the Yoshi the fruit to get the Yoshi to then start the jumping sequence to get onto the boat, to get to the island, to get to another boat, to get to a buoy, to get on the final boat and to get on the island. And the key in all of this is that Yoshi can't swim. Right. So if you and by swim, his little ankies can't get wet even. That is enough for him to disintegrate and die in your hands. So if there's any wackiness at all with the physics, you accidentally bonk off the ship and you go into the water, you miss time a jump, you you are off by an inch and you're technically in the water rather than on the island. Yoshi dies and you have to start the whole thing again. So I spent about forty five minutes trying to get to this level. This is bef- this isn't what the level is. This is getting to the level. I spent about forty five minutes trying to do this. I got to the level, or I got. Uh, you have to get Yoshi to spew his his juice on a fire to clear up a pipe that you can then go down and get to the level. You get to the level, and then the level is my great nemesis in that game, which is 
trying to steer a ship using the flood uh, 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 weapon or whatever you'd call it, the the water gun in that game. Absolutely fucking despise it. It's so so not nuanced and and this is worse than even the one you do over the course of the story because this little lily padron it has no raised sides it has no walls nothing so you're running mario around trying to steer your your water gun but if you if you miss time a step he falls off into the water and he dies right so i get to the level i have a couple of goals that i'm dying a little bit and i'm like i, I died like three times like ah oh god this is really fucking hard the red coin level. So you got to steer this little lily pad into these red coins. And if you miss one, you can't go backwards because the, the little river you're going down has a current. So if you miss it, you're like shit out of luck. So I got to the end of the level, but I didn't get all the coins. And there's a pipe. So I said, oh, well, I'll go down to the pipe and it'll take me back to the beginning of the level and I can try again. No. You go down the pipe and it takes you back to the main hub world of the game. So you, if you want to go back and try the level again, you have to get the egg, get the fruit, crack the Yoshi, and do the platforming back to the level again, before you can even do the level. The level is super hard, and in true Super Mario fashion, uh, Super Mario Sunshine fashion, rather, it's the getting to the level is the bit that was absolutely demented. So I I had plans for all these different things to do uh, on the stream, and I, I literally spent the entire stream doing that, getting to that level and then doing that one level was uh, uh was literally all I did. I did one very quick other secret level that was very easy to do. Um and I, I said it on the stream, I was like, I I will never return to this game to one hundred percent is until such a time where I if I am on a hundred grand a month on Twitch because I've blown up and I've absolutely made it. And if someone wants to pop in and say, Barry, you know, you said if you ever make it on Twitch you'd go back and one hundred percent Super Mario Sunshine. I'll maybe consider it then. But after Wednesday, or or yeah, Wednesday, I was like, this is it. This is the last time I'm playing this fucking game. And certainly the last time I'm doing any of this hidden extra content shit. Oh my God, it was absolutely maddening. It was absolutely fucking maddening. Well, you're talking to two brothers who did it for free. Yeah, well, uh, you're better men than I am. That was, I really struggled with that one. Getting, that I'm was, getting that was the last... Shine, I got that was my 120th shine. Was that my last? I think shine. I did that one before the no, wait, that was the last one, I think, for me as well. That was the last one for me, getting to the island is a real pain in the bollocks because ah. just, just it's even a slight misjump. And I was die. gonna say, I was gonna say, it's no use to Barry now, but that was the one bit of the game where I used a clever little speed running trick. Oh, no, um, that bypasses the entire get the Yoshi to the island. Bit. What? You bastard! Yeah. So what you what you can do? Uh, this is no use to you now, Barry. You've got it's shine. not. It's really not. It's really well, not. What you can do is, it's by the shine gate, where the final level is behind that. You know the big the big tower that has the, the big tower. Shine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I think what you do is you go into the water. You get the rocket or turbo boost mm. one that makes you one that makes you run really fast. Mm. You go into the water underneath where the um the little pier is there yeah and you use your turbo and if you activate it it's not even frame perfect but you activate it at the right second then you'll clip through the gate and fall to the bottom underneath the water okay you can just run to the island underwater oh and okay. into the loading zone so for me it took i don't know maybe five tries and it took like ten, 10 minutes to get okay. to the level, but at which point I had 100 lives, so I was able to just do it over and over again. Yeah. 
Well, that yeah, that that wouldn't have been in the spirit of the stream, probably. No, it wouldn't have, and it was funnier that funnier. Than <laughs> it's funnier than I did. So, but, so um, we live for pain. One thing that's somewhat adjacent is uh, I have, despite what I've said recently, I have now done the uh, the old put the emulator on the Xbox deal. Um, so I have RetroArch on my Xbox Series S now, which can run all sorts of games, including of a GameCube variety, with save states. Mm. So that would affect how I would play something now, like a Mario Sunshine. Yeah. Um, it w- it even allows you like shortcut keys. So if you on your Xbox controller, for example, compare that to the GameCube controller. The LB button does nothing, for example. There's no, that doesn't exist on the GameCube. So yeah. you can set that to be your save state button. And maybe down on the D-pad or the the options button can be your load save state button. Yeah. And that would make that would make playing a game like Mario Sunshine a hell of a lot easier. Um I yeah, I just out of interest, I got the Xbox. Um Got RetroArch installed on it. Very painless process. I didn't even need to use the dev. You don't need to use the dev team. Oh, really? Okay. No, not at all. You just run Edge on your Xbox, go to the specific website, install RetroArch and a FTP client, and then th- you could you install everything through the RetroArch app. You install all the cores, all the <coughs> elements of it you need, and then you just use the FP- FTP to transfer your your legally obtained CD rips right um, to your console, and then you then you play. It. There's no extra setup needed. Of you know, you don't need a USB stick. You don't need to download the f- the firmware onto a USB and do it. It's all done on the Xbox. Very very simple. Um, okay, I mean, need to take a look at this. Yeah, um, the, I've only come across one bug so far, which is that by the default controller scheme it seems like the a and b button are backwards but that's something that i can look into and i'm sure there's uh, you can load different like button profiles for different things and right there's a lot of options to it but so far so good i i have three gamecube games that i had anyway ripped onto the wii u so i was just able to take those same files copy and paste them across to the xbox took like 10 minutes through filezilla to put the game onto the console onto the hard drive so it, it doesn't run through a usb it runs on the hard drive Right. Seems seems good so far. I haven't actually like dived in to play a game fully on it yet. But so far so good. And of course I <coughs> the reason I did this was obviously I had it running on the Wii U, but I I would much rather play with an Xbox controller than that giant yes. Wii U gamepad yeah. given the option. But I yeah, I loaded Metroid Prime, Prime Two and Smash Bros. Melee on. All three of which I own physically already. Disclaimer. If the Popo were listening. If the people are listening, I they come to my house and I'll show you that I I own those games, mm. <laughs> so you can do nothing about it. Look, there's my Metroid. My Metroid Prime is over there in the corner. I own it already. Um, but yeah, really, really easy. I was surprised how easy it was to do through Xbox. Um, I just followed the YouTube. Like, I'll send you the YouTube video, Barry. Yeah, do yeah, because I want to do this too. Um, very, very easy. And then, like I say, you um get your GameCube or PS2 or. Uh, so you own a PS2 already, but whatever system you want to uh, emulate, you just download the core through the app and get your games and, and transfer them across. You just cr- create a folder called GameCube, put your games on it, and you can load it from there. Very, very simple. Excellent. Um, adjacent to this decision was the the fact that I've given up on Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I'm not going to Oh, really? No, no. 
I, I just I've just come to I'm six hours in. I came to the realization that there's no more that this game really has to offer me. I'm bored Fair. of it. Um, you know, as I said, it's very solid. It looks great. The story's pretty good. The action's not bad. Like, there's nothing about it that I would individually criticize. But just as a package, it just feels like the most transparent, uncharted template of get from A to B. At some point, you'll come into this completely inorganic feeling, like battle arena. You'll fight some enemies, clear them out, continue on your way. And once you hit point B, we'll do a little cutscene for you. Repeat ad nauseum to the end of the game. I'm, I'm kind of bored of that now. I want to play something else. I'm going to play Metroid Prime, as a matter of fact. Yeah, okay. But um, Guardians of the Galaxy, as, as well put together as it is, that kind of, like I say, uncharted experience without the flashiness of what Naughty Dog do with Uncharted is just, to me, the, the, the most bog-standard kind of gaming experience, regardless of how well put together the game actually is. I'm, I just don't care for that kind of game at the moment. Um, that, to me, is very much going to watch Doctor Strange 2 in video game form. It's really well-crafted, it's really well put together, but I'm not getting a lot out of it. So I'm moving on. I did complete Pokemon Crystal as well. Okay. Uh, 35 hours in all to beat that one. Uh, without any doing the Pokedex or any of that shit. No. I didn't, wasn't bothering any of that. Uh, basically had my, my one squad throughout. Did catch some leg- legendaries along the way. But um, completed it. Beat the story. Ran credits twice on it. Once after you beat the Elite Four and once after you do everything in the, the Red and Blue world and beat the protagonist from Red and Blue at the top of Mount Silver. That's where you beat the game, finally. Um, yeah, so I think the the it's, it's obviously the quintessential Pokemon game is Gold, Silver, uh, Crystal. I think they're, they're the best ones that you can play, even taking into account the modern games. To go back and play those, that's the purest, best version of Pokemon that you can get. Um, that being said, I feel like once you beat the original... Elite Four, once you beat the original part of the game, the Johto game, the novelty of going to the old world is was great the first time. Oh, this is like Red and Blue, which I played. Oh, it's three years in the future, so things are slightly different. On replay, you realize that there's actually not a lot to do in Kanto. There's no story beats. Mm. It's just explore the world, beat the badges. Da, da, da. So it feels a little bit procedural. The world also feels a little bit smaller than it did in Red and Blue. And a lot of the stuff that was initially available is like closed off. So you have some areas that are like, oh, this is being closed for renovations. It just feels like a very transparent. We didn't actually put this bit. (laughs) Yeah. Just ignore that. Um, But from start to finish, it's it's the best Pokemon game you can play. And it's it's on the, uh, for now, until they shut it down, it's on the 3DS uh, store for like 10 euro. Uh, Well worth a revisit. Uh, And I would recommend it above any Pokemon game that's come out since. Like I said, I think it's the best. The best of the bunch and uh, holds up super well as well. But uh, now... Th- Go ahead. No, no, I was just saying good. Yeah, so that's done. Guardians of the Galaxy, unfortunately, is done. Um, so now it's time for me to start filling in some of the bigger gaps on my uh, my gaming resume. So I'll start with Metroid Prime. Uh, maybe Resident Evil 4. Oh yeah, that up absolutely. So um, that's where I'm now. I'm, I'm probably this week I'll start playing Metro Prime on the old 
Xbox, and that will allow me to see come back with a better idea of how it runs and what customiza- customization options there are on the RetroArch. Yeah, Xbox stuff. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, out of curiosity, either of you boys play the Mario Strikers demo? No, I was kind of interested in that, but I didn't think around to it. Uh, I haven't finished it. It's just the tutorial, so they're doing like an online beta thingy uh, soon. Uh, I think next week um, or next weekend. I think it is. For now, you can download it if you. You have to have Nintendo Online, so I fucking renewed my Nintendo mm-hmm. Online just to play this. But also, it's kind of like I could see myself getting into it and wanting to play with friends. So I was like, all right, let's yeah. let's fucking. Uh, it's it seems fun. It seems fun again. It's just a tutorial. Is it like Rocket um, League? Is that basically? No, it's it's just kind of uh, it's more like FIFA Street more oh, so than okay. than uh, than anything else. It's just it's it's Mario Kart <laughs> just playing playing football um, with big outrageous tackles. Mario just he just cantina kicks people in the face to tackle like it's great. And when you do his charge tackle, it's like a shotgun drop kick to the face. It's great. Oh, uh, Bowser backhands people. Um, nice. uh, I never played the original because I didn't have a GameCube, but it always looked great. And mm-hmm. it feels good. And there's items and stuff, so you can get like Mario Kart style items and throw tortoise shells. Uh, I'm curious to like, I want to get into a match. Do you know what I mean? I want to mm-hmm. get into a match and like, let's play with real people. Let's see how it feels. But in the tutorial, it feels good. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, second half of the year is fairly light on the old game skis. So I'd like that to come out and be a big hit. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I suppose we'll we'll update on the um, uh, uh, the actual multiplayer test there uh, next week. Um, on the on the on the testing front, multiverses wrapped up. I did put a few more hours into it after chatting last week. It's good. Like I said, I don't have too much to say uh, beyond what I said last week. I think it'll be a lot of fun when it comes out, and it's free to play when it comes out. So yeah, uh, the full roster for it looks crazy. It's going to have like Godzilla in it, Mad <laughs> Max, Neo. Uh, Rick and Morty, like they, 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 they plumb the depth for basically every notable character who might be in a fighting game for them. So you know, um, we'll see how that lands when it when it comes out. Um, and I did uh, dip my toe. I was looking for something kind of new to play. I want. I was kind of in the mood for kind of an online shooter, so I did fire up Halo Infinite uh, uh, this weekend. I still have not touched the single player, so I, I have like an exact inverse experience of Paul. Uh, where he just did the single player and I've just done the multiplayer. Yeah. Um, I'm 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 just not I'm not really a Halo person. I, I think all the games, uh, all the online multiplayer games that really hook me are of the Call of Duty ilk, like your Titanfalls and stuff. Um, where there's just certain philosophical differences, and I just, uh, you know, I'm enjoying Halo. I'm going to stick with it for a while, but it's just not my style of shooter. In particular, the kind of thing of like you always start with the same weapons, right? And then you have to go and find other weapons, which is very old school. That's very kind of like PC shooter from back in the day mm-hmm. stuff, which is good. But I'm I kind of more prefer the the Call of Duty setup. You can pick a class and like, okay, I want to spawn as a sniper. I don't want to go and find a sniper rifle. I want to just start with one. Do you know what I mean? Um, but it's it's good. Uh, the other thing that's that's kind of surprising me about it is a lot of the maps do actually feel a little Call of Duty ish or a little Counter Strikey. They're kind of just like boring, kind of boxy kind of levels that you just kind of run around. I thought the um, actually I've forgotten the name of the game. It escapes me. That game that came out earlier this year that was like a faux Portal Halo game. What was that called? Um, 
I can't remember, but I thought that had more elaborate sci-fi faux Halo levels in it than this actual Halo game. It's like there's one level that is just a, a sort of brown, dusty, kind of abandoned town level, and I'm like, this doesn't look like a Halo level. I'm just doing it. other than the fact that your Space Marines running around, it just looks like it could be any kind of Call of Duty. So I'm not I'm not loving it, but um, I think this would be my gateway into the. Um, into the actual single player, which is the juice of that game. I know it's you know big open world and everything. So, yeah, that's uh, that's all I've been playing this week. I um, played one game of Rocket League uh, oh, because <laughs> I haven't used the Switch in about six months. So when I uh, turned it on, of course, I had to install updates for every single game, mm. and the Rocket League update took ninety minutes. What? Um, by the time the Switch is so fast, I know. I don't know. I don't know what was up with it, but for. But by the time it finished, I'd kind of gone off the idea. I was like, oh, I don't want to play anymore. So I played one game and it wasn't very good. And that was it. So, yeah, probably pick it up maybe hopefully sooner so I don't get so shit at Rocket League. Uh, we also had a very special delivery to the house this week. So Michelle purchased a Nintendo 3DS. Oh. Uh, old school <clears throat> with a little Hello Kitty stylus. Oh, nice. Uh, so she's mm. been playing Pokemon. Ah, oh, she did tell me. It's either gold and silver or red or blue. I don't know. One of those. Uh, she's been playing that for the last kind of forty-eight hours, enjoying it a lot. I think she had it. Yeah. I think it's the only Pokemon game she ever she ever played as a kid. So she's uh, enjoying that a lot, collecting the old Pokemons. Yeah, I was having a chat with her about Crystal in the week. Oh yeah, yeah. The thing the thing with the 3DS is you can play. I think the first seven generations of Pokemon games you can play on 3DS. Mm. So you have Red and Blue are on there, Gold and Silver are on there. Ruby and Sapphire were remade mm. on 3DS. Omega, Ruby, and Alpha Sapphire. Diamond. Oh, maybe Diamond and Pearl were... Well, Diamond and Pearl were on the DS, so that's backwards compatible. Black and White were DS. Black and White 2 were DS. And then Sun and Moon were 3DS. So yeah, it should be should be good for playing all them up to Sun and Moon. Mm. I think we're on 3DS. So, you know, lots of Pokemon. Lots of time for Pokemon. But also 3DS... Has got some great Mario games, Joe. If you're, uh, yeah, that persuasion. The I, Mar- Mario 3D Land <laughs> is very good. Yeah, never played that. Never played Super Mario Land two either. I never, never finished the original Super Mario Land on Game Boy, which I played a lot, yeah, a lot, a lot. Never finished it, so yeah, kind of interested in those. Get into your, get into your Mario, That's your right. Mario stuff. 3D World on Switch and 3D Land on 3DS are both well worth mm-hmm. the price of admission. For those looking for the, a little bit of a, uh, they're not quite Odyssey. It's not quite scratching the Odyssey itch, but uh, for a, a, a maybe more of a throwback, sixty-four slash Galaxy feel, a bit more updated than that. I think those games are both really good, really good. Alrighty, that's the the Pokemon Hour. Uh, uh, here on the podcast, and I think with our wrestling stuff already done, that that's going to be the show this week. Uh, no emails, no quizzes. We're going to get this done in a nice, tidy runtime. Uh, so, everyone, thank you so much for listening to this. We hope you enjoyed our preview for a pay per view you probably already watched. Um, uh, we will be back next week with uh, various guffs. We're going to have all the fallout from everything we talked about on this show. So, next week's show will probably be a Baron Stormer. Uh, so, we look forward to that and uh, updates and all the other usual stuff. You know what I mean? We're going to have every every game, movie, TV show discussed. There'll probably be more of them, more follow-ups, and then there'll be new stuff as well. Anyway, thanks so much for listening, everyone. We do hope you enjoyed the pay-per-view if you're going to watch, and we'll be with you here next week to discuss it. 
so yeah it's goodbye from me barry it's goodbye from joe goodbye it's goodbye from paul